Hello and welcome to the NCEA podcast. Today's podcast is called Refreshed, Renewed, Now What? And our guests today are from Frenzy. For those of you that have not heard of Frenzy, they are a fantastic resource for educators. Frenzy is a social-emotional character development program designed for schools. Frenzy is a platinum partner with NCEA, and you can learn more about about this amazing program at frienzy.co. Now, I would like to welcome our two guests, Whitney Stovall, the Catholic School Partnership Specialist, and Julie Emery Johnson, the Senior Partnership Consultant for Frenzy. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yeah, thank you for having us. Perfect. Yes, absolutely. We're very excited to have you on the podcast today. So why don't we go ahead and get started and have you both tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your background? What brought you to Frenzy? Whitney, why don't you go ahead and start for us? Sounds great. So as Jessica said, my name is Whitney Stovall, um, and my background is in school counseling. So I'm a national certified counselor, um, and I've worked in Catholic schools for 10 years in Tennessee, um, worked in the Diocese of Memphis, um, and then most recently at an independent Catholic school in Nashville. Um, All my experience has been serving in preschool through eighth grade. Um, And then my husband and I moved to Chattanooga this past summer, hence my job shift. And now I'm so lucky to get to work with Frenzy, um, serving Catholic schools, continuing to serve students through our program. Um, So that's kind of a bit of how I got to Frenzy and I get to partner with Catholic schools all over, which is so fun. Um, And I was thinking earlier, you know, our our podcast today is all about feeling refreshed, renewed. So when I'm not working, you can definitely find me outdoors. Um, That's my happy place where I love to recharge, whether that's hiking, running, you name it. Um, Vitamin D is my favorite thing. So love it. Amazing. Thank you so much. I agree with the outdoors. We got um, about 12 inches of snow here in Nevada over the holiday and I have not been able to get outside. (laughs) Hopefully it's in your future. (laughs) I very much (laughs) so agree. As soon as those paths are clear, I will be out again. Um, So Julie, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself as well? Absolutely. I'm Julie Emery Johnson. And um, like Whitney said, so happy to be here today. Excited to talk about a topic that I think is pretty front of mind for folks as we dive into the new year, which seems unbelievable. Um, My background is in both public and private Catholic school education. Um, I've worked as a teacher, an interventionist, an instructional coach, a curriculum director, and with the Diocese of Birmingham as the director of Catholic schools. Um, I've also worked in nonprofits um, serving children and just recently finished my dissertation research studies in an area adjacent and relevant to this topic. So looking forward to digging in. As for me, um, I love puzzles. <laughs> I wish that I was driven to go run. I do love to be outside, I will say, but um, but physically being active is, is fun, but where I find my recharge and relaxation is books and puzzles and just sort of solitary downtime activities. I feel like I go, 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 and it's nice to just find a quiet spot for myself. Love that, Jules. Yeah, amazing. Thank you both again for being here today and for discussing such an important topic for teachers and educators. Um, I know when I was reading the summary, it did really hit home as a previous educator myself. You get so excited and so worked up when you get back to the classroom. And then by the time, you know, the end of January hits, you just start feel like you're dragging again. And so it's a really important topic to kind of keep that 
refreshed vibe going throughout that end of the year. Um, so if you could tell us a little bit about your experience with this topic, um, how it came about and you know what your general thoughts were when you submitted this topic for the podcast. Well, Whitney and I were having that exact conversation and what you were just referencing. You know, we were just kind of going, wow, you know, when you get back to school, this few days before the kids get there and the first week back, you know, you just feel like you've been off for months and months and really you just had a couple of weeks mm -hmm. break and you're just so excited about all the opportunities ahead of you and it's just full steam ahead. Um, and what we found is just what you mentioned, you know, that steam runs out if you don't have a plan and you're not intentional mm -hmm. about it. And so we want everybody to be able to create a sustainable plan that's going to pull them through and let them find as much joy in their work and excitement in what they're doing throughout the whole school year, the rest of the year at home stretch. Yeah, I echo all that, Julie. Just, you know, I think when we think about coming back in January, I, I don't know about where you all are, but in Tennessee, our days are still super short. And so sometimes the school day ends and it feels like, um, you know, it's already dark outside by the time you're walking to your car. And so I think really setting us up to feel energized, motivated, um, and as Julie said, sustainable. Um, so we're excited to kind of dive into some practical tips that will hopefully leave um, people inspired and feel equipped to um, really finish the school year strong. Perfect. That's amazing. Um, especially coming out of, you know, COVID and all of our teachers, you know, there was a really big shift in education where teachers used to not take the time off for well-being or for any of their mental health. And then COVID happened. And obviously it's been on the forefront of a lot of our educators' minds. Um, so let's discuss a little bit of why it's important for teachers to prioritize that well-being. Yeah, I, I think when we think about teachers who are kind of operating with a low level of personal well-being, taking time to care for themselves, I'm sure we've all experienced this before, we're more exhausted, we might find ourselves in a bit more of a kind of stuck in a negative mindset, um, not taking the time to connect with others. And so we know as educators, our role is it requires us to give a lot, but we can't pour from an empty cup. And so we have to make sure um, that in the midst of the, of the busyness and the day-to-day -day operations as an educator, that we do what we can to stay motivated and prevent ourselves from being burned out. We don't want that for ourselves or for our fellow educators. Yeah, and just to kind of piggyback on that and, and what you said initially, Jessica, um, I think there has been a shift, you know, since COVID. I think more mm -hmm. and more people are recognizing maybe just how burned out they were or how exhausted they were yeah. when they had time to sort of, you know, throttle down and let everything settle in and be home and have a sustained calm, even though it was an anxious time. Um, we, we slowed down. We weren't, you know, going, going, going all the time. And so um, it just made everybody a little bit more aware of, of how they're feeling and how to monitor how they're feeling. And we want mm -hmm. um, to, you know, let everybody build on those skills that they've started to pay a little bit more attention to and to recognize that self-care, uh, monitoring yourself and, and helping, you know, with a buddy, um, just make sure that everybody's checking on their well-being. Um, we know that burnout is real, um, whether it be in work mm -hmm. life or just saying yes to too many things, you can, um, you can, as, as Whitney said earlier, you can't pour from an empty cup, you know, you can just run out of steam. And so we know mm -hmm. that children see what the adults in the building are doing and they model that. 
Um, we know that outcomes are improved when there's a high level of collective teacher efficacy, which is trust and belief and shared mission and care. And so all of these things um, are good indicators as to why we should do this. And so I know Whitney has some really great ways that she's going to share about how we can do this. Perfect. So how, how do teachers really know when it's time to reset and reframe? This takes some practice, I think, for us, because I think as educators, um, we are, it's our vocation, it's our calling, we, we give, we care, that's like our heart. Um, and we can sometimes operate that way very easily, not realizing that we are kind of um, overwhelmed and, and, and at kind of our breaking point, right? Um, and so one of the things I think we have to do is really practice self-monitoring and recognizing like if we're stuck in a, in a tough spot. And so um, Julie mentioned this, that one of the things I think is so important is finding a buddy, um, someone at school that you can kind of confide in, vent to if you need to, you know, express what's going on. I think we can often operate in silos within our school buildings, especially in um, in the, in the lower school area where we're in our self-contained classroom where I was the one counselor. And so we kind of can operate in that space and kind of not with the busyness of everything, not always take the time to confide in and share with someone. And so I read an article one time that talked about how having like a quote, best friend at work um, really increases your happiness, your productivity, your desire to stay in your job, all that kind of stuff. And so we want to really, um, retain our teachers that are so amazing and doing such amazing work. So we really want to create space and encourage positive connections among our educators. So finding a friend is like my number one piece. But then I also think we have to pay attention to like our energy levels and really paying attention to how our body and our mind is feeling. And so um, if you find yourself feeling more exhausted, physically, emotionally exhausted at the end of the day, maybe more irritable, um, you know, we hear a lot about, quote, Sunday scaries, right? If you're experiencing worry and, and, you know, uneasiness about returning to work after the weekend, like, we have to kind of practice that self-awareness that we want to encourage our students to do so we can practice that ourselves and recognize if we need support. I'll share from a personal example. I um, was probably about a year ago. I was working as, my, as a school counselor. Um, and just as you mentioned earlier, where students have kind of been these last several years has been really heavy. So I feel like I was carrying a lot. My students were experiencing so much hard stuff that I felt I started to get stuck in like a negative thought pattern, even like, am I adequate? Am I doing all I can do? And then I was feeling exhausted. Um, and I had two instances. I was telling Julie about this earlier, where I found myself doing regular tasks at home and found myself all of a sudden like weeping out of nowhere. Um, and it caught me off guard. And I told my husband about it. And I was like, what's going on? Like, I think I'm okay. But obviously I wasn't. And then it happened the second time. And I thought, okay, I need to reach out for support. So I had a conversation with my principal about just feeling overwhelmed. And um, I, I can't tell you how much I was met with love, care, understanding, you know, Whitney, how can I support you? What can I take off your plate for you to be able to continue to support students, but care for yourself? And so um, I think it's just kind of a combo of caring and self-monitoring for ourselves, and knowing that support and asking for support is showing strength and courage. Um, and so I just want to encourage people to do those things. 
Well, and I really appreciate you sharing that story because in my mind as a teacher, you know, the counselors, I always think, must have it all together. <laughs> They're always so cheerful and bubbly walking down the hallway. And, you know, I, I, I also had a counselor at a school that I worked at who I was very close with and I did mm-hmm. confide in. And so she did open up a little bit about some of the struggles that everyone on school campuses go through. But you often forget that you're yeah. not alone. And so yeah. it's, it's really nice to hear other, you know, other job placements, job titles struggle with the same thing. Yeah. Um, it's important for teachers to keep in mind that it's not just teachers, it's also administrators, it's also support staff, counselors, you know, it can be our volunteers on campus mm-hmm. that are struggling with it too. So it's I it's- love that you say that and I I think one thing I've noticed is in moments where, you know, if I were to share and be vulnerable and open up, you're going to create space for the other person to do the same, um which is a gift that they may not even know that they needed. So, um yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, wonderful. And the Julie, pace, did you have any? I, I was yeah. just going to say the piece that comes to mind for me is just like what y'all have both discussed is just the role that everybody plays in this. And so what I would encourage um, is intentionality um, and just making your school a place where you intentionally hold that space for everybody. And everybody feels like they do have safe people they can lean on, that we do check in on each other, that well-being checks and just saying, how are you feeling? Like, how's it going? Um, I know you have a lot on your plate. Is there something I can do? And just doing that for each other and making that part of the culture is not only Mm -hmm. um, good for the teachers, but it's good for students to see and for students to to model um, and to see administrators doing that for their teachers and vice versa and, and everybody within the school community. I think it's just so important um, as a way of being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I think too, to that, Julie, like when you have those conversations and you have those supportive interactions, it instantly feels like a burden is lifted from you because someone's kind of helping carry that load with you. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I had the opportunity to work in what we call a double school. So I had a grade partner when I taught eighth grade um, and having that one person to kind of confide in and joke with and model for the students what that type of relationship was, was really important for me and where I was. I had transitioned from second grade. I had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> up in eighth grade, but I was told I was doing it well. So it was nice to have somebody there to kind of you know, vent to bounce ideas off of and grow with. And it was also very good for our eighth graders to see what that looks like going into high school, what teamwork really is and, and, you know, self-care in general as a team. Mm -hmm. Perfect. So what practical things, so this is where we get to our tips and tricks and all the amazing ideas you guys have. So what practical things can teachers do to take care of themselves, their colleagues, their students, I'm going to jump in on joy here, Whitney, because, you know, this is my big thing. Go for it. I just, I think that we hear people talk a lot about their why. And I talk a lot about joy and finding your joy. And I really think that all schools, but especially Catholic schools, are places where there should be no shortage of joy. You should see it everywhere you look. And so one of the tips that Whitney and I were talking about was just intentionally looking for joy and if you don't see it, then acting on that and, and being a person, being an influencer, 
start that chain reaction to infuse joy in the workplace because days are shorter. We are tired. We are, you know, maybe our our patients are running thinner with each other just because we've all been together now for months mm-hmm. and months. And so being that sort of joy monitor is important. And then when we talked about, you know, finding that person, finding that, you know, and it doesn't have to just be one person, you know, finding your little tribe within your school, you know, make a pack with them that um, to, to find, you know, to point out joy to them, to talk to them about things that are going well. Um, you know, noticing and being a place for people when something's not going well is important. And it's, it's just invaluable. We know that there's just no, you can't put a price on that. But being the person who helps people when maybe they're just sliding towards the negative, see the joy, I think is just is so important. And it's much easier to do that for somebody else sometimes than it is to do that for yourself, right? So I love that. I feel inspired just hearing you say that because I think it's so easy to get stuck pointing out, oh, this is, you know, I got so many papers to grade. I got all this stuff to do. But then to point out the positives and the joy moments, I, I, it's that, that right there is refreshing, renewing kind of mindset. I love that. Yeah. I think some other things we were talking about too, like as, you know, we always come back in January feeling like, okay, I'm ready. I'm going to do this again. I'm ready to get started. I mean, it's a simple thing, but I don't know about y'all, but sometimes, you know, at the end of a semester and things like that, my office space might be cluttered and kind of like a representation of how I was feeling at the end where it was kind of chaos. And so um, finding time and maybe even engaging your students in, in really refreshing, renewing the classroom environment, making it a space that feels exciting, um, motivating, um, and just maintaining that physical environment, I think is a great practice at the beginning of the year. Um, I think to kind of piggyback off of Julie and talk about, um, in addition to joy, gratitude is a great practice for us. Um, When we talk about, um, one of the things that my school did at one point was to try and boost, you know, staff morale was we created like a gratitude practice where we kind of got assigned a buddy randomly. And then every week we would write a little note to that person, something we were grateful for. And we did that for like a semester. And it was really sweet to get some of these notes where, you know, the busyness of the day, you might not get a chance to verbally express that to someone, but they were real cup fillers to get those notes. Um, And I think when we when I would work with students, if they were stuck in a in a negative thought pattern or an anxious thought pattern, um, gratitude exercises were always a really powerful tool because when we think about that moment of expressing and experiencing gratitude, um, at that moment, a negative emotion can't exist at the same time. And so it's a great thing to kind of find ourselves in a habit of gratitude um, to help care for ourselves and for others. Yeah, and that makes me think about our daily reinforcements um, that we use at Frenzy. You know, one of the things that we really stress for teachers um, as far as changing that culture of your school and, and, and creating a positive character building supportive environment for your students is just daily reinforcement, like really intentionally putting those things in place. And one of the things that Whitney and I were talking about as we were just reflecting on what we do to survive during stressful times um, and what, what what's healthy for schools and then classrooms is prayer. You know, I think our church really shows us that prayer is there um, for for us. And it's a it's a tool for us to find the calm and recenter ourselves on what's important. And so one of the things that I shared with Whitney was that my family 
has a particular prayer that we pray together when something stressful or I have a 10 year old son and the other night a football player was injured in a game I'm sure y'all saw that and heard about it and Mm -hmm. what was really you know honestly a great moment as a mom was when my 10 year old son runs into the room and says oh mama this happened we had to say our prayer you know and and he was anxious and he was stressed out but his tool his solution um, was something that we use in our family as a daily reinforcement. It's just a strategy to help us think about how we um, can handle and find our calm and how we can, you know, comfort ourselves and sort of recenter ourselves. And so I think modeling prayer with your students and in your classroom can be mm-hmm. just as important when you see things escalating for with the students as it can be when you just need it for yourself. And you know, making time and space for that within your classroom is a great gift of Catholic education. Like we have, Mm -hmm. it is, it is not, um, it is not something that is just an extra. It is part of who we are and what we do. And so that's a beautiful gift um, of, of a Catholic school. And so I think we should, you know, flex those muscles a little more often and, and use those skills a little bit more um, deliberately with our students. And I think that that'll, give an overall sense of, um, of enablement and tools in the toolbox for kids and teachers. Yeah, a lot of what you guys are saying is things that I remember reflecting on as a teacher for the students, but, you know, we don't often see it go in that reverse. You know, one of the things that we used to do um, at one of the schools I had worked at was we started what we called a walk-in talk for kinder because kinder drop-off was so anxiety Mm -hmm. that on Tuesdays and Thursdays you could get out and walk and just a circle around the blacktop and so eventually ended up being for all grades and they would partner up with a buddy and they would just walk and so it was and teachers would go out and walk and chat with each other and it was the 20 minutes before school but making time for those things is it is one of the amazing benefits of Catholic schools is yeah. we can plan those things into our day. We can plan prayer into our day. Um, and it's a very big benefit that we often forget can have this impact on us and on our students um, and can really help with that mental awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And creating those things as defaults, you know, it's your default when you feel that stress and you start to feel yourself getting overwhelmed you know, just creating those habits, cultivating those habits within ourselves um, to, to have that as a, as a natural default. So, you know, you have that tool in your toolbox that's going to be right there for you. And I think that's just incredibly important. And that's a life skill that's going to, you're going to be able to take that with you through your whole life, not just through your formative years of school. So. Yes, absolutely. So now thinking kind of from a more top-down approach, what can administrators, superintendents, how can they prioritize teacher well-being? Because often, you know, then as we're saying, it needs to be modeled from us to our students. It has to be modeled from our supervisors to our teachers. So what are your ideas on that? I think talking about it. I think for a long time, um, and as educators, Whitney said this in the very beginning, she said, as educators, we give and give and give, and it's our vocation. And you know, we don't think of it as work. We just think about it as this amazing thing. We we just can't uh, sort of moderate ourselves or set boundaries because our culture is one of, of work, 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 and it's our vocation. So, of course, we just want to pour everything we have into it. And we have to kind of unlearn some of that. And part of it is 
by the people that are considered, you know, maybe the leadership or top down for them to say that's okay, for them to acknowledge the space for that and the importance of that and endorse that as healthy. Um, and so that everybody feels like they have permission to take care of themselves and permission to take care of mm -hmm. others. And then the other thing I would say is when Whitney told me her story, it just amazed, like I was waiting to hear, you know, the outcome of when she went to her principal, like what did she, what did she get from that administrator? And it was beautiful. And it was exactly what you would hope the answer would be. But I don't know that that's everybody's natural way of being. I don't know if that's, you know, some people may just not handle emotions and things like that as well. And mm -hmm. so for administrators, I would say, think about it in advance and have a plan and have some ways that you would respond to people and model love, model caring for the human. You know, just, I think the human, the humanistic approach, like looking at everybody before you look at them as employees, before you look at them as students, before you look at it as sort of a, sort of the business of doing school, look at it as a place of love and a place where learning happens, but it happens even better because it's filled with care and love. Yeah, I, I echo all of that. And I think it's just making space to have the conversation um, and having administrators that are willing to put things on pause for a moment and acknowledge that things are hard and that they have an open door um, for you to come see them and to celebrate if, if you're vulnerable, supporting each other. Um, and I think, you know, there's so much, um, as a counselor, I didn't have necessarily the same kind of like classroom observations and all those things that academic teachers get, but my friends would, you know, tell me how sometimes those were stressful and all that stuff. And then, you know, they'd get their feedback and it was like in those moments to take the time, like Julie said, to, to bring that human part in there before you dig into the, to the academic outcomes, really creating this, um, almost a normal routine of like, Hey, I want to check in with you on on the work stuff, because that's important, of course, but how are you doing first? Um, how are you, how can I support you? Because um, then that's just gonna then, it's gonna trickle down to how then we support our students when they're going through tough things. It's nurturing. I mean, at the end of the day, it's nurturing. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do for our students. You know, we, we deal with their personal needs um, by nurturing them first so that they're ready to learn. And I think that we just have to all start to look at each other, um, everybody, and, you know, everybody we encounter, even in the grocery line, we're all fragile, we're human. Um, and, and, and just assume that positive intent in a way that um, is more than the assumption that the intent was positive, but, um, but that there's space and time to, to, to grow together. And, without judgment, you know, with real true intent for well-being and, and overall joy and happiness in what you're doing. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you both for that. Um, is there anything else on this topic that you want to share out or discuss before we sign off here? <laughs> I think as we were kind of talking earlier, I think if anyone can walk away with anything, you know, it's just find people to connect with and lean on and recognize. I, I like to think of, you know, we've talked a lot about like if we're feeling overwhelmed, if we're feeling stressed, like, you know, kind of acknowledging tough emotions. And I like to think of emotions as 
I like to think God gave them to us as tools. Um, they're tools, they're information that might help tell us what we need or maybe what we don't need. Um, and so for us to kind of acknowledge and not say I'm fine all the time, like acknowledge if things are not fine and, and know that people are there to support on us, to support us, carry parts of our burden. Um, and that it shows strength when we ask for support. And the truth is there will be times when the roles are reversed and someone needs our support. And so, and we know that we would be there for them. So um, just look out for yourself and for each other. It's my biggest um, encouragement this new year. Absolutely. And happy new year. <laughs> yes. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you both. And thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It was really great um, discussing this very important topic and something that has just been on, you know, the forefront of education for a little while now. And I think is something that is shifting for the better. And the more um, supports out there, the better off our teachers and administrators and superintendents are going to be. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. No problem at all. You guys are welcome anytime. Um, again, if you want to learn more about Frenzy, you can visit F-R-I-E-N-D-Z-Y dot C-O. Have a great day, you guys. Hello.